Yeah, come on, take a seat, Gary. That's okay. You can come in. Well, tomorrow, morning, this morning we're going to add one little item here right after the prayer of dedication down under tithes and offerings and before the second hymn. Uh, Elaine has just a very short reading she took out of the daily bread and uh, she thought it was very appropriate because of losing some people this past year. And uh, I want to say two hymns here. The first hymn, Precious Lord, Take My Hand and I'll Fly Away, were two of Walter's favorite hymns. So think of him whenever you sing these and pay attention to the words. The, they're very good, very good. And then uh, Elaine will have her reading and uh, before the second hymn. And everything else is the same. So welcome to God's house. It's good to have you here. And uh, I see that there's some people that are missing, and I don't blame them. That, you know, the weathermen were wailing and hollering and screaming that we were all going to die if we walked out the door. So, and Pastor Sandy talked to me this morning. He did have a lot of ice over in, over in their area. Well, you don't want to get, you know, a seasoned driver knows how to do that. Now, you get a 16-year-old, they think you can go like crazy. Her. Oh, boy. You hear that? In three years, she'll be driving. So if you have any, any trips you want to take, do them now before the three years is up. I think that's true. That's true. Well, we tease Megan a lot, but boy, are we blessed. <laughs> we are blessed. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, okay. Uh, I do think we have all the uh, announcements out of the way. By the way, welcome to 2021. And uh, everybody's saying, boy, we hope this year's better than the previous year. And we would just wait and see. And uh, it's always good when you have God with you. So no problem there. No problem there. Like the little sign on my, uh, one of the businesses in Hummelstown has one of these little electronic boards that he puts out. He's a, he's a health care, or he's a home, you know, they take care of people that are homebound and so forth. And he has a sign that keeps popping up and it says, we know who wins, and we do. So no problem there, no problem there. Well, we are going to sing our first hymn, number 463, and it is Precious Lord, Take My Hand. Let's stand and sing number 463. Okay. Leon Buckwalder, uh, it's a great-grandson of Mary and Virgil Baker. He oh. had this ablation done on December the 25th, and Mary called me the other day and said that that went very well. Good. This boy's only about eight years old. Oh. So okay. he has he had been diagnosed with AFib, and that's in our prayer guide. We've had him on. He had the ablation. It went very well. Good. So hopefully and prayerfully things will progress, you know, with this boy. And being yeah. the age he is... To have something like that, that yeah. young, you know. Right. But uh, that is the update with him. Other than that, updates have been made. Um, well, Kevin Zorin, we don't, I have updates that weren't put in the bulletin there. Uh, he's going to need maintenance chemo, it's called, for every two weeks for the rest of his life. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Kevin is a great man of faith. Yeah. He, he'll, he'll be good with okay. this. Sure. I, I just feel... Having talked to that man, yeah, just amazing attitude with all what's going on with him. And Davy Coble's feeling much better. We have put in, I put him on our prayer guide, and we prayed for him last Sunday, and he was at the doctor, and he 
was not a kidney thing. Good. And he That's also good. had been tested for COVID because Davey said, I was feeling different things. I thought I better get, and everything came out clear. Good. And he is feeling much better this morning. Good. So good. we're happy for that. I think our prayers were answered. Yeah, absolutely. So I wanted to share that too. And his uncle Jay Coble, uh, he was in the hospital. He is now home, but he does, he has Alzheimer and he's dealing with other complications that he had been hospitalized for. Yeah. But he did come home and he's doing better in some ways. Okay. And uh, let's see, uh, it isn't on our prayer guide here either. Elwood Fawn Miller, he received two more units of blood. Uh, he's having a very serious time here. He had been diagnosed with AFib also. Oh. And that's Joel and Nancy's brother-in-law. Okay. And uh, that would be it, yeah, that's it. Okay, then. very good. Anyone else? Karen. I can yell. I do have a teacher voice. Um, first of all, Sandy and I want to thank you for all the cards and the gifts and, and um, earlier in the year when you um, sent us a thank you card for our ministry and gave us a gift of money from you here at the church. We really appreciate your love and your care and we know you pray for us. So we appreciate that. I think hopefully some of you were praying as we crept through the ice this morning, wondering why we didn't bring the four-wheel drive car. and. Yet we made it, so thankful sure. for that. Um, there's been some ongoing, the last week or so, for the brethren in Nigeria. And this time, I don't know this group, it's not the Boko Haram, but they've had several different towns were um, attacked and people were kidnapped, people were killed, churches were burned down. I, I think several churches were burned down and so, um, yeah, wow. and it was like several different days and it's kind of hard to keep track of it all. And so anyway, we need to continue to pray for them and to pray that these people are dealt with. Yeah. Um, that God raises up a testimony. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. So. Well, I also understand from listening to the radio that the Christians in Syria are being persecuted, that they're being run from their homes. I think they said something like 16,000 people have been, uh, yes, have been, become refugee because of uh, the persecution there. I'd like to say something about the roof. <laughs> I was going to say something too. I thought maybe Maybe it's because you had the wrong pastor that you got a leaky roof. <laughs> because I, I got a brand new roof at home and it leaks too. Oh gosh. That's why I thought that. Yeah, it could be. Well, the solution is the same. And, and it's really partly where the it's partly where the sermon comes from this morning. Yeah. And uh so I, that's why I got it on the bottom of the first page of the prayer guide. We got the new roof leaking, and we're going to, you know, we got to pray about this, folks. I'm praying about my roof at home, too. Yeah. But you, we call out to God, whether it's, you know, we, now we think it's varmint. You know, when, a, when an animal becomes a nuisance, it becomes a varmint. <laughs> and it may, and that, it, it may be a varmint. And so they, we got live traps out here, and you know maybe we, maybe we need to use some guns. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not against guns. I am really not. Some people think I might be against. I don't own a gun, but I'm not against guns, folks. So whatever, if that is some critter doing that, nah, we don't need to put up with that. Yeah. What, what Sandy's alluding to is that we put a new rubber roof on, as you remember, uh, back in the early fall, and it developed leaks. Uh, and we thought it was because, you know, it was put on when the weather was warmer, 
and we thought the roofer had stretched it a little bit too tight, and then when it got colder, it contracted and tore. Uh, and Joel and Mel were trying to deal with this. Uh, they went to Lowe's and bought a batch of Flex Seal, like Phil Swift advertises on TV. You know, he makes this boat out of it, and he's running around. Well, if we would have been making a boat, it would have been all right, but Flex Seal didn't work on the roof. <laughs> it peeled off. And uh, so we got the roofer out, or Joel, I'll, I'm not taking any credit for this. Joel and Mel took care of this. Uh, they got the roofer out, and he said, well, it doesn't look to me like it's faulty material because it wasn't tearing at the seams. It was just tearing different places, and there was new holes opening up, and he determined that it's a critter is tearing the roof. So we think it's squirrels. <laughs> and so, yeah, it could be. Could be Antifi, Antifa. Uh, you never know. But anyhow, we're getting holes in the roof. So uh, I guess, did he patch them while he was here, Mel? Yeah. The roofer is not taking, is not due any blame for what's going on. It's just uh, some holes are appearing, and, and we think it's uh, critters. So what critters it is, we're, we're trying to determine that. And I, I said to Gary, he has traps out here at the trees, and there's some on the roof. Uh, and he's going to put pieces of, of uh, rubber roofing in the traps to see whether he can draw them in with that. So I don't know what's going on. We don't. We're not sure, but we're trying to get it narrowed down. And uh, those of you who own guns, we're going to get a, a rotation schedule, and you will sit on the roof for a two-hour span, 24 hours a day. Yes, yes, it is. You don't. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're digressing. Tina, I'm sorry. Yes, yeah, that's the big thing. Tina, what can you share with us? Um, I had a, a mom uh, in our school district um, message me the other day a picture of the uh, Jesus Calling devotional, and she reminded me that I had shared it with her probably six years ago. I, I honestly don't remember, but um, she said, uh, time, time to get this, this out again. Um, her 15-year-old son had been having epileptic seizures. Oh, gosh. And went through some of the doctor visits. They also uh, found out that he has MS oh, gosh. at 15 years old. Oh, um, so I said to her, uh, would you like me to put him on our prayer chain at church? And she said, absolutely. Okay. Uh, his name is Aiden Schaefer. And Christine, I can give that to you then but yeah okay. epilepsy and MS oh boy. at 15 years old oh, that's terrible. So, yeah. is that it okay Donna let me get over there so I can well first of all I had a varmint too but I caught him with peanut butter <laughs> <laughs> as he strolled past me in the bathroom one day <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was trouble from then on. <laughs> no, uh, what I really wanted to say was that um, actually 51 years ago today, I started a new chapter of my life when I got married in this church. And uh, we've had our ups and downs. That marriage didn't last as long as I hoped. But uh, it brought me three beautiful children. So. Twelve beautiful grandchildren. And lost it's amazing what 50 years happens in that time span, which seems like yesterday. But um, between losing loved ones, 
and uh, other things that go on in your life, God always stands by you. And I can say, he's been with me every day. Absolutely. So I thank him for that. Yeah, absolutely. It's like God. Yes, absolutely. Well, congratulations. Who else would like to share? Anyone? All righty. Well, they didn't cut it totally down, but they did lower it a little bit uh, and uh, see whether we can slow down the progress. So. Let's come before the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for the ability to share our concerns and our joys with you. All good things come from you, Lord. And we know that you are always with us. You are always present. And you are the God of healing. You are the God that hears, and you are a loving God. So we come before you, Lord, with requests, concerns for young people who are battling severe diseases, for people who are struggling with Alzheimer's. And we, we also pray for individuals who have had surgeries and have had good reports and we're blessed by that lord and we're joyful that those joys are are evident thank you lord lord we're we're pleased and grateful that davy has improved that he does not have problems with his back his kidneys lord thank you for that we know that he was very concerned on that point and it is a relief for not only him, but us also. Thank you, Lord. We pray for everyone that is battling with, with diseases, with, oh, with procedures. We pray that they will stay strong. They will have great perseverance. And Lord, we know that you hear our prayers. And we know that you will always stand with us. We rejoice in wedding anniversaries. We rejoice in young people. We rejoice in anyone that calls upon your name as Lord and Savior. And Lord, we think about our brethren in Nigeria. Lord, we just don't understand the opposition that those people face. We don't have it here in our country, and it's hard for us to understand. But we pray that you will intervene, that some, somehow they will be protected, that you will use your mighty arm to scoop them up and hold them against you. Not only in Nigeria, but Syria also, Lord. Brazil, Egypt, Korea, China. Wherever there is Christians, they face opposition. Lord, we know scripture says that this is what will happen, but we still ask you for protection. We ask you to support and stand with these individuals. And we pray that their faith will not falter. Keep strong faith in these individuals. Thank you, Lord, for the example that they present to us. They're not, like we say, throwing in the towel. But they're staying firm in the faith. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we pray for our leaders here in our country. And we pray that you will show great mercy and grace will fall upon this country. And we pray that a revival will come upon, upon us. Lord, it's alarming to hear that so many people in this country don't believe in you and have turned their backs on you. 
country that has been blessed deeply by you. Lord, we pray that situations will change and people will come to know you as Lord and Savior. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for this congregation. Thank you for the love that they've shown among the members. Thank you for the support that we receive. And Lord, we pray a blessing upon our pastor and his wife. Lord, lift them up. Give them great, great, great love. And just, how do I say it? Just stand with them. Let them be the people that you want them to be. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the blessings that you give us and the blessings you give believers throughout the world. Lord, we pray this in your son's holy name, our Savior, our coming King, your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Much to ponder. It became apparent that as age began to catch up with us, our family's future was going to be marked more by loss than by gain. It was going to be characterized as much by goodbyes as hello. None of this was a surprise intellectually. That's just how life works. But this realization was an emotional lightning bolt to the brain. It gave a fresh, new significance to every moment life gives us and every opportunity time allows. And it placed a huge new value on the reality of a future reunion where no goodbyes will ever be needed. The ultimate reality is at the heart of what we find in Revelation 21, verses 3 and 4. God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. Though today we may find ourselves experiencing seasons of long goodbyes, our trust in Christ's death and resurrection promises an eternity of hellos. And then the little prayer you get with uh, Daily Bread is, Father, we thank you that you're the living God who gives everlasting life. And we pray that you would use our eternal hope to comfort us in our seasons of grief and loss. And for me, my prayer is that our Lord will remind us daily that his grace has brought us safe this far and his amazing grace will lead us home. Hello. Hey. Well, Lord bless you and uh, more than a happy year. May you have a blessed new year. Um, happy is a roller coaster up and down. Some days you're up and some days you're down. There's even a song about that. Sometimes I'm up and sometimes... Well, that's happy. Blessed. Yeah, that's constant. And some, I, sometimes I'm more aware of the blessings. But to know the blesser and to be there and to, you know... Uh, you, 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 you know, you're in good hands with Allstate. No, 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 you're in good hands with God. Allstate is just whatever. Um, put yourself in God's hands and there is a place of blessing and uh, not, to, not to depart from that and to stay in that. A lot of things about the, uh, the walk of faith, it's one thing to sort of know it's another thing to stay in it. And um, I've seen a lot of people start out well and then not stay in it. Uh, it's absolutely heartbreaking. And um, this message this morning is really to people that are struggling with things. And, uh, and it's a word. This is sort of out on the cutting edge a little bit. And, and this, when I do stuff that's sort of cutting edge, in other words, <laughs> where's the cutting? Yeah, well, it's in my life. <laughs> um, 
the messages are not always polished and they're not always where you, it leaves at the end where you, you feel real good at the end or whatever. Um, but uh, I believe this morning, if, if you listen closely, uh, you will hear things that will, that will help you. Help, help, let me say it, Lord. That will help prepare you for this year. I'm not convinced this year is going to be any better. That's why I'm preaching this sermon. I'm not convinced. Oh, you know, that 2021 is necessarily going to be better than last year. Oh, it couldn't be worse than last year. Well, no. You know, do you know the devil I know? And he's up to... He's up to the same old tricks, same stinking stuff. And you need, you and I, all of us need to resist the devil. And if we resist the devil, he'll flee from us. And, and not, not to give the devil more than his due, for crying out loud, you know. Um, so I'm not running around saying, you know, uh, pointing at the devil for everything that goes wrong. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> you know, you can blame the devil, but, you know, what, who was it? That guy, uh, uh, Flip Wilson, you know, the devil made me do it, you know, kind of thing. Well, no, don't blame it on the devil. Whose stupid fault was it? It was mine. <laughs> it was my stupid fault, you know. And there, so, so where do problems come from? Problems come from... Uh, yeah, the devil. The problems come from uh, uh, sometimes there's people out there that just enjoy giving other people prob- other people problems, you know, and so they do stuff. And then there is me, <laughs> and I've caused the problems. You ever do things that have caused your own problems, and down the road it's. Yeah, it's way worse because of your own stupid. No, you don't do. I do stupid stuff. I don't know what you do. <laughs> uh, yeah, stupid, stupid. What that that another movie? It says, uh, 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 "Oh, Forrest Gump, stupid is as stupid. Stupid is as stupid does." Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of that in the world, and. Yeah, devil's part of it, but don't, don't, you cannot. We cannot blame it all on the devil. Some people say, well, I don't even believe a devil. Well, you know, he's got you fooled. You just wait around, <laughs> you know. The, the issue is not that the devil is real to us. The issue is whether or not the true and living God is a reality for us. And not even really how it makes us feel. Whether or not we feel God. The issue is not whether, you know, if, if I can help you feel that God is real, okay. But the real issue is, do you understand that there is a true and living God and are you going to yield your heart and life and let him, let him, he's trying to, let him make himself real in your life. That is an issue, all right? And, um, yeah, okay, time for the Bible. Come on, Sandy, time for the Bible. Let's turn back there into that verse that a lot of people know, and I go, where is it, where is it? I'm whispering to my wife, where's that verse? Where's that? Second, Second Chronicles. Yeah, you know, you know where I'm headed. Second Chronicles, chapter seven. Second Chronicles, chapter seven. And before we get to verse fourteen, you gotta know that this is a said section of scripture. By the way, all the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth. Has said in truth. So you look back there at the end of verse 3, and um, all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and glory, glory of the Lord on the temple 
and they bowed their face to the ground on the pavement and worshiped and praised the Lord saying, for he is good, for his chesed endures forever. It's endless, really is what it's saying. And um, if you do a theological definition of mercy, you will never get to what chesed is. I've been studying, so, um, so you need to know. By the way, in, in the few, in the near future, you will have a choice about pastor things, you know. And I'm praying my way through, and you pray your way through. And um, one of the things, you, you know, if I'm connected at all, so so you get to decide whether or not I'm connected, and maybe maybe I. Maybe it's time that I move on to something else. I don't know that for sure yet. But I really want you to wrestle with that as a congregation. And maybe you got enough has said stuff. But that's what you're going to get from me. Because I, the Lord has had me in a, and mostly in the old King James it's translated mercy, God's had me in a mercy school since about uh, 1993 or so, and he's not done with me yet. And I suspect I may be in this school until I pass from this life, all right? But there's still cutting-edge stuff, and this morning is a cutting-edge stuff regarding Hesed uh, in my life and how I look at it. And... Uh, this passage here is about how mercy works, how, what mercy is and how mercy works and have, so that we can have an understanding of it. And so you, we get down to verse 14, and you can, you can go back, and it's good to read that whole passage, but this is not my message. My message is back there in Psalm 107 is where the message is today. But I want you to see this here and be reminded of it, although I've heard... A number of you, not just one, I've heard a number of you quote this. And it says in verse 14, if my people, by the way, it is a continuation from what's right before it. This is, if my people, if is not a capital in my Bible, uh, a capital I. It it's, continues on from the verse before it, so you need to figure that out sometime. If my people, my people, God's people, who are called by my name, his name, will what? Humble themselves. Humble. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> I've never said this in, from the pulpit. Everywhere in the Bible that talks about humbleness and lowliness, where is it at? It is always, and never separate it in your mind. Never separate it out. It is always connected to repentance. You never, ever, ever get to the repentance, which is later in this verse, without the humbleness first. And that's why there is so much incomplete repentance is because having a humble heart is missing. Oh, God. You know, and people try to repent and refuse to bring their heart down. Oh, God, bring my heart down as far as it needs to come to the point where I repent. You know, how good do you think you really are? Not much. No, no, no. If you're in the Lord's school and you, you know, looking at, at, at carnality in your own life, you go, well, you know, <laughs> I got more problems than I thought I had. <laughs> by, by the way, don't, don't be surprised. Most Christians, it's the same thing. It's not all Christians are the same, but a lot of Christians Struggle. Struggle. And, and, and a lot of it, you know, the way out is, is in that word, humble themselves 
and pray, humbleness is, it gets you where? Humbleness gets you in the level of prayer. If you pray with a high-mindedness, yeah, well, how's that working for you? Nah, it's when you bring your heart down and you find a place of prayer in that position. And then it says, pray and seek my face. Okay, and so the humbleness, the place of prayer, the place of, by the way, you know, you, the New Testament talks about God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give us the knowledge of the glory of God in where? The face of Jesus Christ. Seek my face. You do that and you, you seek the Lord Jesus. And you finally get to the repentance place. True, genuine, actual turning. Repentance is always turning. And turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. That's what it would take to get the United States of America out of its uh, current malaise. My, my. Let's go to our primary text in uh, Psalm. Psalm 107. And uh, I had a number of verses marked in here that I have pointed to before and really had not done anything except point to these verses. And this would be verse uh, Psalm 107, verse 8, verse uh, 15, verse 21, and verse 31, and, that, and all of those are the same wording. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his, by the way, there's a place where it's in the King James it's not translated mercy, it's translated goodness, give thanks to the Lord for his goodness, but the word is chesed, that's a chesed uh, verse. Uh, so you could so it's so it's appropriate to translate that for his mercy all right and for his wonderful works to the children of men so i pointed to that and if i remember right i pointed to that in the thing of giving thanks give thanks to the lord give thanks to the lord He's crying out that people would give thanks because if we don't, yeah, we're in a bigger pickle than, than if we do. And if we just keep praising the Lord, I tell you what, you will get miles and miles further down the road spiritually if you just keep thanking the Lord and, and keep looking for things to thank him about. All right? I want to take you to the end of the passage, which is verse 43, and then we'll read the whole thing. But I want you to know where, where the title for the message comes from. What's the title of the message? Understanding, i to make sure I get this right, understanding the loving kindness of the Lord. Okay, and so let's read, let's read the verse, and then let me say something about the verse. Who's, whoever is wise will observe these things, and that's the stuff in this chapter, will observe. By the way, what does it mean to observe something? That means to do it, not just think about it or, well, yeah, I know that. No, no, to do it, to observe these things, and they will understand, guess what it is? Understand what? Loving kindness. Guess what the Hebrew word? Yeah, you, you, can, you can about guess ahead what Sandy's working at. Here's <laughs> another said verse. Loving kindness here is hesed. You can plug in mercy there, or you can plug in goodness there, or you can plug, there's a couple other words you can plug in there. See, see that's why the theological definition of mercy doesn't cover all of it. 
there is something else, something more going on, okay? And so understanding it as a mercy word, that's okay, but do you know the rest of it? And this chapter will help us see the gracious tenderness, loving kindness of God. And how you and I connect to that. If you had tears about anything recently, if you had inner regrets about anything recently, if you had major frustrations about anything recently, it's covered in this chapter. And many people start out well, and then they have happen what happens in this chapter. And it's, it's really repeated four times, four times in this chapter. And if you look at what's being repeated and then say, you know, I'm going to get into that plan. My, abs- my aspiration is that I would be pointing you to doing something and that in your doing, that it, that it opens up. It's, it's like, yeah, it's like a flower or whatever, opening up and that you can see the full, you know, when the, when the flower is in the bud, you don't see the full thing, you know, like a, a, a rose or something. But, you know, when it opens up, then you can see the full beauty of it. And there's a dimension here about the mercy of God, the loving kindness of God, about the goodness of God that that I need for it to be opened up. And I go, oh, that's more than what I thought it was. This is more than what we thought it was. All right? Back on verse 1, oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good for his, guess what it is, has said, endures forever. In other words, when you and I get out into eternity, well, God, well, this has said thing, that's a Hebrew word, will that keep going? Uh-huh. It doesn't end when you die. It doesn't end, uh, you know, a thousand years from now. This will keep going. There will be a lot of things that will not be there anymore. No more tears, no more sorrow, no more regrets, no more pain, no more suffering, no more whatever. None of that stuff. The former things are passed away, it says in Revelation. Hey, that song, Fly Away. Well, that's the right song today. That's the right song. There's te- that's Walter's testimony. He flew away. He, isn't that sort of vernacular where, you know, you say, well, to, instead of saying dying, flying away? No, no, no. Psalm says that. In fact, that probably says on the, on the page of the song where that comes from in, in the Psalms, that I'll fly away. That's exactly what God wants you to understand. His mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I'm saying so this morning. I'm saying so. Even if this, this year is worse, could be. I'm not saying it is. I'm not a prophet in that way, all right? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy and gathered out of the lands from the east and from the west from the north and the south. And whoever will believe in the name of the Lord, I don't care where you're at in the world, I don't care what language you speak, I don't care what color your skin is, I don't care what color your hair is or your eyes, I don't care how, how tall or short you are, how big around the middle you are or how skinny you are. Hey, if you said, here I am, Lord, I give myself to you, He takes you at your word, and he'll take anybody from north, south, east, or west. And God will claim you as his own if you claim him as your own. Do you? 
Let me give the sections here so you can see it and you can maybe mark them. First section starts with verse 4. Second section starts with verse 10. Third section starts with verse 17. And the fourth section starts with verse 23. So what you're going to, when I say a section, we'll go through a section and then the next section will be exactly the same pattern. If you sit down and really study this, you go, oh, it's the same thing. <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing. And whatever your problem is, whatever things to be pulling your life in the wrong direction, whatever your temptations are, the answer in the mercies of God is still the same. And when you understand that and when you say, oh, okay, and you got a pain in your back, <laughs> I'm, not gonna, I'm not even going to name your name, but you know who you are. you got a pain in your back, and you call on the name of the Lord. You will find an understanding of the loving kindness that, by the way, doesn't that, isn't that a good word? Maybe that's a better word than mercy. That's why, that's probably some of those guys that translated the old King James, they were arguing for loving kindness for all, for all the places. Well, you can understand it. See, the, that last verse, 43, says you can understand. They will understand. They will understand the loving kindness of the Lord. Do you know that whatever God supplies to you, the food on your table, the, 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 your nice warm house, the clothes you have, everything is under the umbrella of the loving kindness of God. Every single thing that's good. Everything. Yeah, that's that's more than just God being nice. <laughs> That's God being God and being Lord. Let's look at the first section, verses 4 through 9. It says, they wandered in the wilderness. You feel like that? You're wandering in the wilderness in a desolate way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Let me tell you, there's a lot of Christians out there going through that experience. You know what a lot of them are doing? And they find out it doesn't work. They're hopping. They're called grass, pastors call them grasshopper Christians. And they hop. And they're there a little bit. And then they hop again. And they're there a little bit and they hop again. You know, they're just hopping from one place to another. What are they looking for? Well, you know, and I know, listen, I know, there are churches I never could be a part of. Yeah, they wouldn't want me. I'd be a lot of trouble. I just know it. I just already, my wife told me I would probably be trouble. And she really understands. And if you really want to know about me, just talk to my wife. There, there, there's people that are so dissatisfied spiritually and in some ways, they don't know what they're looking for. And their struggle in life, spiritually, and it's like they're drying up. Now here, look, at you got to see verse 6. It's the first time it appears. Don't miss verse 6. Then, okay, so we're talking about Christians out there. Let's go to a different church. Let's see if I, how about this? Oh, I heard about that. You know, and they're going over, all over the place trying to find what they think they need. They're so hungry. But here's the answer. Listen, if you do verse six, that other part, God will take care of it. And God will deal with it in a way supernaturally. And God will get you supernaturally the right place. 
Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. Can't, their soul cannot find a resting place. Cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses. Distresses. That's more than one distress. <laughs> distresses. He delivered them out of their distresses, and he led them forth by the right way. So if you've got a restless soul, a hungry, thirsting soul, eh, first thing to do is verse 6. You do that. You will never understand the Hesed of God unless you do that. Crying out. Crying out. Oh, God, help me. How many times this week did I go, oh, God, help me? By, by the way, New Year's Eve is when that count, this uh, calendar thing got put, you know, I, I finally got it run off. Christmas Eve, or New Year's Eve over here, you know. And, and I don't know, Elaine must have a gun because I heard guns going all uh, off all over the neighborhood. Maybe it was your brother. It was awfully close. <laughs> maybe, it's, maybe it's our good Trump supporter. I, I can tell he's a Trump supporter over here, you know. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Listen. So I'm there, and, it, and it's going painfully slow, what I'm doing back here in the office. And I go, I hope the police don't come by and think it's somebody's broken into the church office or something, you know. And so I, I finally said, Lord God, I need your help. Lord, I want your help. Father in heaven, I, my soul is desperate before you. You know, and you, and you may not have had the same experience doing the same thing. Whatever brings you to that point, to you, where the point where you almost feel like you're breaking, uh, call out to the Lord. Remember what it says in James? You have not because why? Because you ask not. And then if you ask and you don't have, it's because why? Because you ask in the wrong way. Now let me tell you, if you come before the Lord and say, oh, God, help me, and I don't care how uh, spiritual or non-spiritual you're feeling at the time, it is the right thing to do. And you will not get to the Hesed mercy of God any other way than calling out to him. That calling, what is it? It's in a humble place. It's in a place of repentance. Never take repentance out of the picture, ever. Don't ever take it out of the picture. In every prayer we pray, we ought to have some repentance in it. Yeah, in the core of it. And, and when, when we call out, when we cry, the, the word here says when they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, he delivered them. Now, what will that look like? You know, I don't dictate to the Lord, Lord, you know, I need deliverance and it's got to look like this. No, no, no. You let the Lord 